0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store.
1: A little girl. Big fella, isn't he? Dinosaurs were mostly this size. I do believe it's a she. No, they weren't. I've seen fossils. I was there. Well, that's all well and good, but
2: what's this dinosaur fella doing in the Thames?
1: It must have time traveled.
3: Time traveled?
1: Choking. There seems to be some in this throat.
3: How could it time travel?
1: I don't know. That's it was something it ate. It's <laughs> just laid an egg. It dropped a blue box marked police out of its mouth. Your grasp of biology troubles me. It's the TARDIS. It would seem so. Hello? Exit the box and surrender to the glory of the Sontaran Empire. Shush. Doctor?
3: I was being chased by a giant dinosaur, but I think I managed
4: to get the slip.
0: Live from inside the throat of an oversized T-Rex, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. Gallifrey Embassy presents Dr. Who Pachock, episode 307, 307. This is Louis Trefani, and joining me on this live episode of Dr. Who Pachock is Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. It's alive! alive!
4: <laughs> yeah, hi. Just about alive here, Louis. Yeah. Um, I'm glad uh, one I'm glad of, glad of us is a alive. alive. As well, but... Yeah, I thought I had a frog in my throat as
0: well, but <laughs> it turned out not to be anything. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's good to have you back. You're fresh off the heels of um, doing uh, another previous live show. Cultum Collective was on, uh, is finishing up actually right now. You, even, you, you ducked out there a little early to join us, so I do appreciate that. And uh, uh, hopefully, um, uh, if, um, if, if he pleases, Ian will be joining us um, possibly after that. But I, I know it's a long stretch to do uh, two shows in a row.
4: This when you've got a young family, so maybe not, but I believe they just wrapped up now.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, no, it's understandable. So, um, as you can tell, we're gathered here for another live show. It's been a while since we did it. I was just, we were just commenting before we started that uh, the last time we did a live review show was um, for the Christmas special. So it's been some time. It's Now it's August. It's eight months later, and we're back doing live shows. And Um, it's the, we're reviewing Deep Breath, which is the first episode of the new series. It's also the first episode of, you know, the, of the 12th doc, the first full episode, I should say, you know, since he did appear in, in the, um, previous story, uh, you know, um, at the end, just momentarily. So as, um, is the case usually with regenerations. So this is a, uh, a regeneration story after the regeneration, you know, the first story post-regeneration um, and, um, that's what we're going to be reviewing today. And, you know, as always, um, you know, when we do these reviews, um, there, if you haven't seen it yet, and I realize some people haven't, and, uh, so you need to be aware that we'll have, you know, we're going to be discussing the story, so there'll be.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers.
0: Oh.
2: Spoilers. There we go. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers.
3: Spoilers.
0: Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. Okay. I said I was a little rusty doing the live shows. So, yeah, so spoilers ahead. So, be aware of so if you haven't seen deep uh, not deep throat, but deep <laughs> deep breath. Um, I hope that <laughs> <I'm... laughs> Well you know why? Because know we're coming live from the throat what? We're coming live from the throat of a T Rex, so that's why I'm I know I got throat on the line now, so uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a T-rated show this. It's T rated, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess before we... Any any major news... Uh, well, I guess... I, I don't know if we want to get, get into that. Has, has it been confirmed that Jenna um, Coleman is actually leaving? I know there's been very um, some various, um, you know, posts about it, but has there been a BBC announcement of such? Uh, well, there was by mistake.
4: Um, they had... Uh Peter Capaldi on the one show on Friday and uh, one of the presenters there, I can't remember her name um, uh, it, she asked him um, and, uh, and how do you feel about uh, your companion leaving? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, the rumour that your companion is leaving obviously somebody spoken into her earpiece rather sharply and Peter Capaldi to the fair, was very quick on his uh, feet, although he was sitting down at the time said, um I don't know anything about any companion leaving. I, I'm i the doctor and I have my companion and we're just about to launch on our new series of adventures. So basically he was telling her... I mean, if he could have kicked her shit under the table, he would have done. You know. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Uh, and, and I think she said, uh, she said something about leaving at, uh, leaving at Christmas or something. And he said, uh, I don't know about any companion leaving now. Uh, if she's leaving... Uh, she could leave at any time in other words he was trying to say that if, if a companion yeah. is leaving you're saying it worse because you're not only saying that she's leaving you're actually telling us which episode she would be leaving on if the rumours were true so it was um, it was a bit of an, one of those awkward moments I think I think the uh, presenter would have liked that the couch to have swallowed it up uh, she would have gone and sat behind the couch anyway
0: yeah, Kyle in chat has uh, said that you know she, that he has read that she's not confirming, or I guess, uh, or she's not that she's not confirming or confirming it, whatever. She's creating a yeah. you know uh, sort mean, of a mystery about it. The reason why it. I
4: think the story, uh, the story's got a little bit of legs, is because we we know that they've just done this world tour. By, oh boy, they must be exhausted. I can't believe they did that. I mean, on one of the first ones. Uh, Jenna Coleman was saying, you know, you know, three days ago we were still filming the last scenes uh, of the series, and then on this, and then traveling in airplanes all around the world, different time zones. I mean, they must have been cream crackered. Uh, so um, it was really a, a lot for them to do, and 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 so one presumes that the next thing that they would film would be the Christmas special, and one would assume that if. Something major was to happen to uh, a, a character or a, an actor who portrays a character. They'd have to let the person who was writing that script know. So that leaves uh, gives credence to the story, I suppose. Yeah, it's, but it, it is annoying. I mean, it's really like you know the Christopher Eccleston yeah, one. Yeah,
0: that, that's, oh, that's what that I thought. Confirmed. Yeah, it one
4: week. One week.
0: Yeah, it yeah. echoes that. I, I think that's why they probably. You know, didn't want it to come out until um, until later. But even if it does, it's not not that surprising. Two years is is a, a good time for a run for a companion, and um, you know, so you know, I I, I think it's not unexpected. Well, slightly longer than that because she she made a
4: surprise appearance, that's, didn't she, yes, in that that, earlier that's true. than we thought she was going to.
0: Yeah, she was. Uh, that's true. All right. Yeah, I just figured if yeah, there was. If there was any other major news stories, we, we might just, you know, touch upon them before we well, get into well, the review. Well,
4: very, very, very briefly, and it's of a, a, a UK interest mainly, um, just to say, because um, uh, uh, I think Steve Hatcher and uh, I think it's Mark, Andrew Mark Thompson that helps him, uh, Hooverville, I mean... Um, you know, the Daleks of New York, remember they had uh, mm-hmm. Hoover City outside, yeah. uh, you know, on the Grand Central Park. This, uh, 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 the Hoovers here in the UK, I went to the very first one. Uh, I remember. James was there yeah, as well. Yeah, we, I uh, We did a podcasting uh, stage show mm-hmm. on that. Well, w- would you believe, <laughs> that's six years ago, because Hooverville 6 is uh, a one-day event, August the 30th, here in the UK, at, uh, called the Quad that's the, the building uh, at Marketplace Derby. And that starts, obviously, uh, not long from Nez or a week. Guests are Peter Davidson, Deborah Watling, Terry Malloy, Michael Troughton, one of the mm-hmm. other sons. You know, there's, uh, uh, then we've got Derek Sherman, scriptwriter, Dominic Glynn. And then there's some other people from uh, the young girl who played uh, Sky in Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinead, Michelle, M- Michael, is it? Lauren Wilson, daughter of mine. That's the little girl with the balloon in Human Nature. Uh, Daniel and David Beck, the list from The Power of Three. Uh, Bob Baker, writer of, doc- uh, of 9.2 Doctor Who Stories and creator of K9. So They've got a very good uh, Ensemble, roster of yeah. uh, guests on there. Mm-hmm. So, But I realise, of course, that is mainly for Podshock's no doubt, vast numbers of UK listeners. Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah. And if you go, you know, we always appreciate feedback. So if you go and you'd like to tell us how, how it was, you know, feel free to send us uh, feedback. You can go to uh, net and click on the feedback tab there to uh, send us your feedback. And also, you could uh, use the Potchock, the Podshock public call box, which is 206-337-4699. Now... Uh, This is especially true if you are living in the U.K., just realize that's a U.S. phone number. So, um, you know, any local charges may apply if if that pertains to you. Though, you know, in today's day and age, it's easy to, um, you know, with Google phone, with Google voicemail or whatever it's called, you can you can make calls. And uh, even with Skype, you can make calls. Um, uh, Though I think Uh, Skype charges.
4: I think you put a a plus one in front of that number.
0: Well, anyway, just so you're aware of that. Or you could just record a voice. Like if you have a smartphone or a computer, you can re- record an audio um, message and, and send it to us. You know, keep it just to a few minutes and uh, send it to – email it to feedback at net. And the same thing goes with um with when, when we're doing these reviews. You can um also – you know, if you're not here for live for the live review, you can uh, join us uh, – you can – uh, send us your feedback, you know, uh, that way as well, as far as uh, your comments on, on these reviews. But if you are listening live right now, you, um, as this show is going out live right now, you can call seven two four 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 seven four four. I hope I didn't put an extra four yeah. in there. Yeah, all right. Okay, and I'll call ID... 7444 there's Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of fours. So sometimes I, I, when I say that out loud, I'm like, did I, I say... Three fours or four fours? (laughs) All right. So, yeah, 724-444-7444. And the call ID is 23358. And that will connect you to the show. And then once you're connected, you could do a star or um, the the asterisk sign on the keypad on your phone, eight, to put yourself in the queue uh, that you want to, you know, join in. All right, well, I gave yep. out our spoiler warning. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll jump into our review, and before we do that, we'll, we'll start with a clip, and then, um, then we'll talk about... We'll take a deep breath, and we'll talk about this new episode.
1: Now, why destroy the victims so completely? It's difficult, it draws attention. What advantage is to be gained? Well, tell us, then. Concealment, Perhaps. It's a fanciful theory, but it fits the facts. By destroying the body so completely, you conceal what is missing from it. Missing from the body? Madame Bastra! Clara! Excellent. Pop your clothes on that chair, then. Look. Uh, advertisements, yes. So many. It's a distressing modern trend. No! Look! Look. game is afoot we're going to need a lot of tea there appears to be nothing of significance in the rest of the newspaper not even in the agony column we can't know it's from the doctor of course it's from the doctor the impossible girl that's what he calls me
0: so some familiar voices there madame vestra and company are back in this story it's um it's, I guess, you know, it's, it's sort of similar to, uh, you know, when the Doctor – past years going back to the 70s, when, when, um, when we saw the Doctor regenerate, uh, you know, with John Pertwee and, and um, Tom Baker, uh, he was back on Earth and we had familiar faces in the form of, of unit. You know, the, you know, the Brigadier um, kind of ushered in these, um, you know, changes. In a sense, and now we're um, you know since we've now passed the unit error, and um, unfortunately um, Nicholas Courtney is no longer with us, and um, so uh, so it's interesting they're using in a similar sense they have gone back and um, to uh, Victorian London where uh, Madame Vastra is, and um, you know um, along with Strax and. Um, and what's her face? Um, I'm forgetting her name now. Jenny. 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 Thank you. And you know what? It's also similar. Okay. Yeah. That they always meet up with them in the same timeline of the doctors. In other words, um, sort of like the brigadier. The, um, for the most part, you know, the doctor always encountered the brigadier. The, you know, at the same time. You know, it, it, you know if you don't know what I'm saying. You know, it's not like they're. Um, it's it's not like uh, the fifth Doctor would would meet up with the Brigadier before he met up with um, the second Doctor. You know, it, it, it was always uh, you know right. th- they were in sync in that sense. And it's unlike oh my God, I'm I'm really good, good um, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> the brain is a terrible thing when it's when it's when it hasn't Trump, had enough sleep. Trump. <laughs>
4: Yes. Yeah I mean just let me just give you some references there um the 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 story with the snowman the christmas one mm-hmm. uh with the with, with the gang in it um that was uh, dated 1892 Uh, the Crimson Horror one, which, although they went up to the north of England, Madame Vastra was actually based down in uh, in London. Remember, it was Strax that was going up to Scotland Mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, That was in 1893. Uh, I've had a a quick look around, but I've not seen any reference to the actual year of this, but I'm assuming it's somewhere like 1894, just prior to 1900 anyway. Um, So... these events for them are in consecutive order, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, um... So it's it's interesting. This is one, as I said, this is a uh, post-regeneration story, so obviously it always starts with, um with the doctor being in a, um, in a somewhat a regeneration crisis, you know, where he's sort of not exactly himself and he's sort of, you know, trying to figure out who he is now. And, um, you know, looking for his shoes or whatever. And it's, uh, so we see a little of that here, which is, you know, kind of fitting really, because you have a new actor playing the role and the the actor is finding, you know, his way into the part, into the role as well. So it, it's, it seems to, uh, make sense that the, you know, the character is doing the same thing and, um, you know, and, and I, you know, even though, you know, I I do enjoy Peter Capaldi and, um, you know, I, I did enjoy him in this episode. I, I think with as with every first episode of a new doctor, I think you really got to give the new doctor, um, the new actor playing the doctor, a few episodes to really uh, have you know, so they can flesh out the role and um, and you can warm up to him and, and see where, you know, he's going with the part and not to judge too hastily on just the. The first episode, because if you look back on it, you know, over the years, with some exceptions, the first episodes of a new doctor aren't always the best. You know, Um, not not just because of the doctor's new, but even just the stories and with the episodes themselves um, aren't always the the best of that, that doctor who has to offer.
4: Well, yeah, in actual fact, I mean, it's bizarre in some ways. I don't think any American series would do this, where basically you handicap your main actor in their first appearance. You know, I mean, uh, it's often said, you know, first impressions are, you know, what people go on. And uh, in every case usually the doctor's first impression is you know, somebody you know if you're walking down the street you cross the road <laughs> to be on the other side away from them because they're a little bit zany a little bit unpredictable uh and um they, they don't you know engender any sympathy or what have you so um for a, an american series to do that i mean occasionally they might do it they, they've done it with um well, certainly with films, you know, where people have lost their memory and so on, and uh, uh, sort of they did it with The Born at uh, the beginning of The yeah. where mm-hmm. he's, you where know, he's lost his memory and so on and stuff like that. But um, really, uh, anybody who's coming new, and again, the other handicap of Doctor Who uh, running for so long, and, and I'm a big fan of it, I don't want to give the impression I'm not, but the, the fact is that with all this 50 years comes an awful lot of baggage. And therefore, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm always going on about it. Every time they make a Batman film, you have to tell them who Batman is. Every time you make <laughs> a, a mean, uh, Superman film, you know, it's the one person in the planet who doesn't know, you know, who Superman yeah. is, but they still have to tell you the origin story again. So, in this particular one, again, uh, and I think that's probably why they, they, they had the Paternostra gang in it, because, of course, Clara. Has any, having a little bit of a trembles herself on this episode in terms of, um, you know, right? The doctor's changed, but I mean, changed quite dramatically. That it's that it's hitting her uh, physically and forcibly this time uh, to make the realization that you know this person uh, who's a completely different generation it, it is indeed the same person, even though it happened in front of her eyes. But of course, as we know uh, from the uh, the last episode, it was instantaneously. It was none of this, you know, f- flame yeah, coming out the of the ham- head and the arms, did it? It, yeah, it, was... it happened virtually uh, instantaneously. So uh, she might just think she's had a bad dream or a bad cup of coffee and, uh, you know, she'll wake up and it'll be all right. So they're there they're needed for it. Also, uh, as no doubt we'll go on to talk about, there was some quite. Um, Gory for Doctor Who, gory things covered in this, and you almost needed that light, such that light uh, section of the story. They did it very successfully, you know, with you know the Snowman and the other. I mean, Strax. Yeah, to to balance. I it mean, out. some people really do love Strax, and and, and I do I do think the character is highly successful and and it deserves to be brought back. Um, but it it has definitely become the comedy relief of it. And then we've got this 2 hand of uh, Madame Vastra and uh, Jenny. Um, But uh,
1: uh,
4: although you could argue uh, they were playing it safe in terms of um, having, although it was a a threat, uh, we've said this before, haven't we? When you have a new doctor, that's the main story, really, not not whoever the threat is. Uh, We had it with Rose, um, uh, the episode called Rose as well, where basically, the, the, you know, the shop for dummies and that, uh, although they were a threat, really it was, the, it was the the connection being made with the Ninth Doctor and Rose uh, so here you could say that, you know, that the aliens have to take a little bit of a backseat but on the other hand you know, Stephen Moffat just push things around there was a bit of a gross out fact this episode, there was some humour and um, I, I what do you think, Was I think, uh, and a couple of other people I've talked to think it, that this script was st- stretched somewhat. Uh, I mean, whether they knew it was going to actually be shown in theatres, first of all, but it was 76 minutes, I think. Actually, just over an hour and 15, nearly an hour and 16 minutes. Uh, obviously, uh, I-, I do want a longer episode. I don't want a 45 minute episode. Um, but I almost feel as though this could have been better. I know it sounds that like we're always when, Whatever we get, we always want something different, no, don't no. we? When we get an hour, so we wait, Why wasn't it seventy minutes? <laughs> but I think this would have been tighter, sharper at sixty, sixty-five
0: minutes. It's no, I, I, it's actually you know um, refreshing hearing you say that because I i was I thought the same thing I, I thought there was a lot of scenes um, n- nothing uh, I mean there were just some stuff that just wasn 't really necessary like um, for instance um, strax inspecting Clara you gave, you know um, um, giving him giving her a medical. That scene, I mean, granted, like you said, it added some levity, some some humor to it. So maybe that's the reason why they kept it in. But it really wasn't necessary. Perhaps it lent some foreshadowing to what was to come with the organ harvesting that was that we'll, we'll see later. But it it um it really wasn't that necessary for the story. And it, I just felt that a lot, that it was longer than it needed to be for 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 this story. I mean, if it was a different story, perhaps. It, it could have, you know, worked its way into that time frame, but it just, I just thought there was some stuff here that could have been trimmed and make it tighter. Yeah, indeed.
4: Uh, I mean, uh, I got off on the wrong foot with this uh, a little bit because, um, uh, I mean, it was nice to have the dinosaur. I mean, we knew, we do you know Stephen Moffat says, as soon as the you know the audience gets comfortable, you give them a bit of a shake up, and. Uh, you can allude to that quite easily with this topic, because with this particular story, because we have a, quite a few references to The Girl in the Fireplace. We have a clockwork, although it's not immediately apparent mm-hmm. it's the same yeah. uh, creature, same robot, but we're, we're, we're talking about the clockwork robots here. They've, they've obviously crash-landed on Earth, uh, you know uh, a very very long time ago and they've undertaken lots of repairs and so on yeah. uh, and in their very nature they use a combination of you know um, uh, biology and um, mechanic and hardware as yeah. it were um, but um, I mean why did they have to have the dinosaur so, so big the only thing I can well, think yeah. of is that uh, Stephen Moffat's thinking that kids nowadays go see all these uh, Godzilla movies and so on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a 40-foot dinosaur, 60, 70, 80 foot long, not going to do it anymore. It's going to be a 200-foot tall dinosaur, a 150-foot dinosaur uh, with a 300-foot length of tail. Uh, I mean, it was up, up, up towards... Clock, it, you it, know, yeah, I mean, no, the, yeah, it was way, way too there. big, and it's uh, it, it,
0: way, 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 way. it gives false information to uh you know to young kids that don't know any better that you know are, are going to think dinosaurs were that big. Then and then there was a reference. I mean, Matt. Um, yeah, uh, Jenny says yes, something. Yeah, good point. Yeah, is, is is you know he's so big and it's just, oh, she says oh it's it's a she and that's that's the usual. So- I forget the exact quote, but she said yeah, it's the yeah. usual size. Or Jenny something like- says when I
4: was a girl, that's how big they were. Yeah, yeah. I don't think now, so. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know whether the fact was that when when Madam had seen them, she was a little girl, so they looked bigger to her then. But um, uh, I mean, my thought was the fact that because. Obviously what's happened is that at the end of the last story, Peter Capaldi turns to Clara, do you know how to fly this thing? He doesn't know how to control the TARDIS. So at some point when they've they've appeared on Earth, they've traveled to Earth, but arrived in the wrong century, you know, Mm -hmm. 60 60 odd million years ago. Uh, And presumably some of the TARDIS defenses are down. Uh, Meanwhile, they've got swallowed as a tasty tidbit by this dinosaur. So I'm thinking like, um, like um, the spaceship Titanic that crashed into the TARDIS, um, you know, it sunk its teeth in because the protection's not fully in force, and maybe some of the TARDIS's inside-outside has leaked, and it's grown. That's the only explanation, but that still doesn't explain why Madame Vastra said, no, 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 it's the correct size. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's,
0: uh, like I said, like you said, it's, I think it goes to, you know, competing with Godzilla and all these other box, you know, especially since this is going to the, into the theaters for a day, maybe that, you know, they want to make it big, you know, because of that, you know, you had, you have Transformers, you have whatever, I I don't, I am sorry, I, I don't watch, I haven't seen that movie, but um you know, you have these you know big things yeah. going on in the theater, and I guess that's what they're going after. But I, I was a little disappointed with with that, you know. But otherwise, it was done. I mean, other than the size, it was done very well, um, you know. But yeah, I, I, I just before I had mentioned, sh- I, I just wanted to make a mention again. Uh, we do have a live chat going on, so if you want on talk show, if you want to join in on the on the chat, Kyle and Chat also made it because so I made a parallel before with Madame Vestra and the Brigadier. And um, and he made a good point that she made a comment saying, "Here we go again," and that, that's uh, basically saying, you know, it's the same line that the Brig did, um, you know, during um, previous regenerations, you know, with but um, with the Doctor.
4: Yeah, I mean Stephen Moffat is is playing a, a a slightly cagey game here because um, he must have read. Perhaps he doesn't read what fans write anymore. Perhaps he gets too disgruntled. <laughs> but um, he must know that some people feel as though. He's done some brilliant, brilliant work, and I mean, I'm, I'm, although I'm not keen on the fairy tale aspect.
0: Yeah, not myself, I
4: do think he has a great imagination, and I love the way he deals with time. Uh, And I suppose that's probably why Stephen was so impressed with this fan-made intro, because, um, you know, the Doctor travels more through time than he does through space. Um, I mean, you could argue that the, the wheels of a clock are a little bit too literal, uh, I think uh, Ian's wife Megan uh, mentioned she thought it was a bit. It was a too literal translation of the doctor travelling. Reminded me a little bit of that. Uh film Hugo that came out um, mm-hmm. with, us, yes. with all yeah, the clockwork mechanisms yeah. but of course with this episode I suppose it gelled when he's, when Peter Moffat saw it, it gelled with the fact that we're going to have clockwork men in the first episode, it, 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 it deals to the fob watch um, and so on, so it gives a very striking, striking, ha, striking get it, it's striking, striking yes. chiming uh-huh. um, it, it, works, it works really well in that sense but then the references are coming thick and fast. Uh, one of the first scenes where the Doctor starts to... Um, and uh, I mean, oh, uh, just for that, there's quite a long scene with... Um, it's a bit esoteric for young people, isn't it, where um, uh, Madame Vastra sends for a veil and Jenny says, well, you don't wear it when we're with friends. And, and then she has this long conversation with Clara mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're talking about the unveiling and seeing the true Doctor... And things. Now I think some kids would have virtually gone to sleep in that part.
0: Yeah um, this and
4: this is of course
0: Go ahead, the I'm problem
4: sorry. of catering to such uh, sorry, uh, catering to such a wide age range, isn't it? You've got to keep the kids interested so you bang a dinosaur in the big beginning and then we have this um where she's trying to say she's almost saying to Clara, who's very indignant about it, that she's a bit shallow really, you know, uh, yeah, I see. I just shot, thought this shot. was a
0: little unprecedented. I I just didn't think that she was making. I didn't think Clara is making. Well, first of all, didn't doesn't Clara already know he regenerates? I mean, hasn't he? She's seen all yes. his previous regenerations. You know, when she kind yes. of went through the, the splinters of time, whatever, and. Um, and, uh, you know, and now it just seems like this was really cl- clearly this was catering to the audience, trying to, usher, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make it less of a shock for the audience. So they they embodied this reaction into Clara. But I didn't really see it so much. They, they seem to be making such a big deal about Clara accepting a regeneration yet. Um, you know, I, I I think it was a little unnecessary, and I think it was really just because they they figured there might be a lot of backlash from fans, especially since there are a lot of younger fans now that haven't that haven't seen a, an older doctor, an older actor play play the doctor. I think for me and for you and for longtime fans, regeneration is a bit old hat now for us, and um, you know, and it it doesn't. It doesn't really warrant all this attention you know that they were giving you know that, that they were making out of this
4: well, well jumping right towards the end when after that surprise well for me a surprise and matt smith doing a little cameo and um, the the doctor says i'm right here I, it was me on the phone but i'm right here in front of me look at me you know you don't see me uh, now in the uk there's an awful i suppose it's the same in america uh, there's this Concept that once people pass the age of 50, and I know you know Mm -hmm. most people haven't passed the age of 50, but there's this expression that you become invisible, so that that, that women, you know, very attractive women can walk down the street, but as soon as they've turned 50, they can walk down the street and nobody even notices they're walking down the street, and it must be very upsetting for them. Um, So, there was to me a little bit of I don't know whether you could call it ageism, uh, as Peter Capaldi, the actor, said. Um, you know, I'm too young to play the Doctor. I mean, the Doctor's 2,000 years. And I do like, by the way, they've addressed that, Lewis, because um, although I didn't like Time of the Doctor, I thought that was a poor mm-hmm. episode. Uh, yes. We know he was there for 300 years. Clara came back on size. Then she, then there was another gap. Mm-hmm. So he was on that planet defending Christmas for about six, 800 yeah. years, wasn't mm-hmm. he? So we've established now firmly... Uh, now I hope they're not going to make this conversation that you know we're in the year 2014, so the Doctor's 2014 years old. I mean, who else famous was born exactly on the year zero? Hmm, a bit of a religious <laughs> comment, isn't it? So I hope we're not going to go that way. But I, I definitely do feel as though the Doctor is being reflected as being approximately you know 2,000 years old. But um, here, uh, you say that the, the the thing is. It makes it slightly discomforting in one sense, that you as the audience, I think maybe Stephen wants to bring you in on it, you know uh, there's the discomfiture of the Doctor, he's not quite sure who he is can't fly his tiredness, so he's in a slightly distressed, Uh, Willis was saying on our show earlier that, um, you know, he, he almost looked as though he had Alzheimer's now you wouldn't say that for a younger character, but because of his age, he gave that appearance of an Alzheimer's. Then you have, uh, you know, the, uh, the discomfiture of the, the companion, which, like you, I think was misplaced, because Clara is probably the most insightful of all mm-hmm. the companions exactly. in terms of, uh, you know, going through it. And then we uh, are in that particular predicament, which actually makes it rather difficult to launch a new series where... You actually feel You almost like, you know, can I fast forward through this first 20 minutes and have the doctor appear as a doctor? And, you know, like I mean, Christmas Invasion, Uh Tent doctor did it, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, he came crash landing. Yeah. And I've, something important to tell you. Something important. And, uh, Merry Christmas. You know, and then he collapses. And then we don't see him for 30, 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. We get this usual regeneration crisis, you know, that that happens. You know, uh, pretty much all the time after the doctor regenerates. And it's um, any long time viewer, this is like to be expected. So, like, Alzheimer's would never even cross my mind because I know this is routine after regeneration. Your synapses haven't all connected yet and you're still, you know, recovering from that big change. So, it it seems a little, you know, um, par for the course. Quantum Leap did it? Quantum Leap did it, didn't they? Sam Beckett, mm-hmm. every time he,
4: he, he leapt into a new body, had this, what do you call, Swiss cheese brain. Mm-hmm. So uh, the concept is there for American viewers as well. So that's it. Uh, but then the, the story moves on. I mean, we had the obligatory uh, rooftop scene, a little bit of Mary Poppins coming in there, uh, you know, with the doctor in his nightshirt on the chimney mm-hmm. tops. But it, it 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 got going, I thought... Uh, at the scene where he's on the, the riverside the bridge yeah, uh, and they're, they're chasing him yeah. uh, um, I'm not too sure where we are with these clips but um,
0: yeah why don't I play another you know, clip uh, since, it, it's, it is. since it's since it's oh well this, this clip is actually a little further into the story but here we go
1: it's not a real restaurant is it
3: well it's more a sort of a automated open collection station for the unwary diner Sweeney so really taught without the pies. So where are we now? Factually, an ancient spaceship probably buried for centuries. Functionally, a larder. So why hasn't somebody come for us? We're alive. We're alive, in a larder. Exactly. It's cheaper than freezing it. Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. Don't let it roll away. No. We've got one shot at this.
2: Next time, make one that doesn't roll.
3: You got it? I think I just have a reach. Sometimes like this, I miss Amy. Nope. Nothing. Ready? Don't miss. Yeah. Oh.
1: Sorry, did I hit
3: something? Oh, the simplest. As...
1: Oh, activated. Oh, for
5: God's
0: sake, it is, isn't I don't it? want to talk about it. Doctor. Well, um, we were just discussing the scene leading before this, uh, le- leading to the bridge where yeah, he, he hey. jumps. And uh, it, it was that, that was the first um, footage that came into the internet of them shooting it, you know, with uh, Peter C- uh, Capaldi on, a well, he was actually not really on a real horse. It was on, uh, on the back of a truck. And um, they were shooting that and all that, so it was. um, There was some talk about whether that was going to be the first episode or, or some, you know, maybe the the second or whatever. But um, you know, it turned out to be in this this episode as well. I mean, it turned out to be the first episode. That
4: was. That, that was a bit strange of uh, amusing. So there was the reference, obviously, to the girl in the fireplace with this uh, Madame Pompadour and so on and things like that. And, of course, that's the famous scene where uh, David Tennant's on the white horse and oh, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the mirror, isn't it? Uh, so to have a comparison of this doctor riding a horse, and, of course, we had... Um, uh, in uh, the last special as well we had, uh, not so the day of the Doctor, we had uh, the 10th Doctor riding out of the TARDIS with Queen Elizabeth I mm-hmm. on the back of a horse uh, which turned out to be uh, a Zygon at the end of the day but uh, spoilers for that uh, um, I don't know right, uh, Guest 3 said he didn't see that parallel uh, what I'm trying to say yeah, uh, Guest no, no 3 denying. and uh, was, is the that uh, it has been levelled against Stephen Moffitt that maybe, just maybe, he's had brilliant. Eyes. Well, he has had brilliant days, but just maybe he's started to re rehash those same ideas. So you can argue it's a homage to Killing or he's you know he's revisiting an old enemy. You can argue no, also yeah. that you know, uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've got five enemies, I've got five fingers. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo I'll go back to that one. So. it it was in some ways it was very brave for him to use that however I must admit if you're doing Victorian age cranes a clockwork android clockwork robot works beautifully well in that age period it it just gives it that steampunk look I suppose
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and and just to be clear these aren't the exact same robots as the clockwork people these are from a sister ship that was um you know, a uh, sistership of the Madame Papadour. Pop,
4: yeah, uh, Mary Antoinette, I think it was called.
0: Yeah, okay, thanks.
4: Okay, so, so I mean, there, there's an awful lot in there. There were there were a couple of quiet points. I love the, um, there's, a, there's a scene where, uh, you know, we... we we talked well. Lot, there was there was some risky moments in it as well. I mean, there was the Madame Vastra looked as though she was getting Jenny to pose, as Ian thought rather fetchingly, uh, and then it turns around and she wasn't actually painting a picture at all. She was um, yeah, she was do, plotting you know, the she was uh, do, pl- plotting the deaths. Yeah. And then there was the 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 uh, the funny another funny scene with Strax and uh, he's you know, he's washing the floor and Jenny asks for a drink. And he offers her a slot bucket for the drink. But then he does this test. Now, I don't know whether you were aware, Lewis, but um, the device that he scans with, that medical device, mm-hmm. uh, the hat pin device that Madame Vastra closes the, um, the stage, co- uh-huh. stage door with, and right at the beginning, the one where Janny has on her arm and she's pointing it towards the, uh, the thingy, they were all blue pizza winners. Those gadgets were all designed by children.
0: Oh okay, no, I didn't know that, so they, blue Peter Wait, usually has these contests the
4: association yeah yeah
0: they, they usually yeah. have these uh contests for youth to design things and that appear uh, eventually appear on the show they uh a couple of years back it was um was a tardis console which turned out to be um a a makeshift tardis that was used in um was the doctor's wife wasn't it
4: yeah, we thought it was the one in the lodger, the one upstairs yeah. in the lodger, but it wasn't that one. You're quite right, it was the one, the, ju- the junk, the scrap yeah. card one from, uh, yeah, Doctor's Wire.
0: So, yeah, there, there, there are lots of, um, it, well, speaking of, uh, you know, it, you had mentioned it before, we have a new opening credits, and this was uh, based on something that was done by a fan, which I remember... It was going, you know, um, when that was sort of, when that fan one was made, it was, uh, you know, going around the internet and I was commenting on it and I said, you know, and people were saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if they did the opening credits like this? And I said, oh, they'll never do anything like that. You know, uh, I just thought it would—it just seemed too literal, literal as far as the time, you know, emphasis on it. And, you know, and I was wrong. They did, you know, that's what they they, they used. You know, I mean, it's not the exact. You know, it's a different version, but um, it's um, you know, I, I thought you know, that it, it's a, it's a welcomed new opening. You know, every time you know, we 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 saw it with Matt Smith, and um, you know, it's it's good to see the. Um, you get we get tired of the same thing all the time, so.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was there, there was. Um, uh, there was this silliness with, uh, with the group in, but there was also quite a few adult themes. I mean, like uh, when Strax was examining um, uh, Clara's head and things, said, oh, oh uh, yeah. you seem to be thinking of... Uh, Uh, Lots of uh, physical young men doing gymnastics. I think they do gymnastics. I think it's it's a sport. Uh, 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 (laughs) Uh, uh, And then then we had, um, uh, and I think Jim and Kathleen uh, in the room there uh, are quipping with me about the fact that uh, about four times during the course they they kept mentioning that they were married, although, of course, they kept saying this pretense they had to keep up of you know, a lady and her companion, as it were. Uh, now, we also had, you know, we, we've had it before, haven't we, where the doctors kissed, but the reason for kissing was actually, uh, there, was a, there was another reason for the kiss. It wasn't actually a physical kiss, it was checking to see if they were poisoned or something like that. And of course, this episode is called Deep Breath. Uh, one of the clever things about it was the, the fact that Clara cottoned onto it uh, at some point that if, if they held their breath, the robots lost interest in them. They assumed they were inanimate like they were and then yeah. they would leave them. Um, and then we had this, uh, when Madame Vastra says, well, I've got spare, I can store oxygen or something in mm-hmm. my lungs. Uh, and they, they... Now, whether you could argue, uh, was that them trying to, to to put a kiss into the show, which they feel got around certain... Uh, proclivities are uh, whether it was it was completely just I mean it, I think it worked but you you always feel as though I mean the, like the, the scene with the audio you just played where where Clara's trying to get the, um, the sonic the, screwdriver yeah. to the uh, to the doctor you know it lands rather forcibly in his lap and there's one a few two other little scenes like that and there's a, there's um, um, Willis girl was uh, I think it was, it was no it wasn't Willis girl it was um uh, somebody else that was saying that um, they thought, uh, although they liked this actor, they were thought because he was in the thick of it, uh, he was going to break into swear words at any moment. And um, of course, um, Peter Capaldi um, famously at Kathy, it was. And uh, but there was quite a few swear words in this, mild swear words, but there were a few. So I, I don't know whether. A, the the episode suffered somewhat from you know having to, to cover from very silly things with uh you know with from stracks. You know, uh sleep. Sleep. Are you sleepy? No, oh, you must be dopey. You know, he was one of the seven dwarfs or something. Mm-hmm. Uh to uh, some of the adult references. Uh, well, I, and I, I think a
0: little bit to which gore I think I, I think what you said before I think it's probably balancing, you know, they're giving some lighthearted some levity to uh balance out the um some of the darker aspects of the story. So I mean that, that's uh, and yeah. you know um, as you know as far as um the doctor and, and Clara, you know, and and with the sonic screwdriver, I think they were just, you know, creating a rapport among, I mean, this is like this is the first time that Clara has really sat down with the Doctor after he's regenerated, and the first time they're having like a, you know, a, a conversation really, um, so to speak. So.
4: Yeah, I mean, I like the idea where they both gone to this restaurant to meet, each thinking that the other had, had actually written the advert. And of course, mm-hmm. um, right at the end, there's a bit of a left turn in this story, and. Uh, and and they're at the table, and of course, uh, Clara is asking, "What do you think somebody would put that in?" And he says, like, uh, "A megalomaniac, this, that, and the other, self-obsessed." She thinks, "Thank you for s- describing yourself as that," but he's not describing himself; he's describing her because he thinks she's yeah. the one that put the advert yeah. in. And then, while they're having this argument and bickering, then we have this very rather strange. Uh, uh, thing taking place around them with the with the robots seemingly eating their meals, um, so that was a little bit um, re- reference to me. Um, the episode where they were in the hotel with the with the um, the puppets, or the um Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know, we had the uh, mm-hmm. the minotaur wandering around. Uh, also, a couple of other things where it, it referenced that sort of creepiness um, a little bit. While the the, the wind up men in. Um, uh the beast below, those sort of uh, wind up things yeah. and mm-hmm. sort of slightly creepiness. Um so yeah. Yeah, I mean there's an awful lot to recommend it, but I, I didn't feel as though sort of this story held together cohesively. Uh I thought they were good bits. Um I think uh Ian asked me my first thoughts over and my thing was liked it. Then I didn't like it so much. Then <laughs> no. no, I liked it. I don't like it. then I really liked I really liked the, the telephone scene I don't know where some people did because uh, like my brother-in-law he said I didn't really want Matt Smith there because I was just getting to the point where alright, Peter Powell is the new doctor and then they go and jump me out of it by showing, reminding me of uh, Matt Smith, I'd already forgotten about him you know, yeah, it was. So some people would say that. You know. Yeah,
0: I, I felt it was nice but unnecessary. I, I think again, I think this was really done for the audience, trying to ease the acceptance of a new doctor that's drastically different than the previous one. And I, to me, it just you know maybe like I said, maybe because regenerations are just old hat for me, and it's just not really. I mean, it was nice seeing him there, but I just didn't think it was necessary. I think they could have done that scene um, without that phone call, without you know. Um, and had done it differently. That, it is interesting because I remember on a, on our earlier Doctor Who pachak when um, we were discussing that this um, the, when this scene was being shot, that it was on the it was being you know you could find find it on the internet. And Tras um one of our, you know, was co hosting yeah. with us, and he had warned people to be careful. When watching you know when when going on the internet and and seeing this stuff because there's spoilers in there and i had just seen the pictures i didn't read anything about it so you know i it wasn't spoiled for me about matt Uh, apparently tarras must have read something where it had said that um she was on the she was speaking to matt smith on the call or something like that but i i didn't you know gather that just from the photos of her and and you know, you know, Janet Coleman and Peter Capaldi on the street there with the TARDIS, you could you wouldn't never know unless um, you know, you were there and witnessed the dialogue. Yeah.
4: But luckily of course they did That that was seen uh, oh, I'll get a bit of echo there a minute. Hang on. Uh, that that bit was um done. And of course when we're on this phone call, she she remembers back to seeing the phone hanging out of the TARDIS uh, and she puts it back on the hook. So um you know, it was done. Now, there was another reason for doing that, of course, is it was one of uh, Stephen Moffat's timey-wimey things because yeah. uh, one of the justifications for having the older face, because, uh, I mean, like when the doctor's looking at his face, I recognise this face, but um, I've got these frowns and these laughter lines, but I didn't put them there. Uh, and, of course, the Matt Smith doctor says, um, I'm not old, am I? I don't want to be old, that's the last thing I want to meet. She says, you are old. Oh, I'm not grey, am I? Yes, you're grey. So basically, she's building up the picture mm-hmm. to him of what is regeneration. So subconsciously, uh, he knows when he goes into the regeneration that that's how you yeah. look. And mm-hmm. presumably, from his memory, he reaches back to uh, the um, powers of Pompeii, yeah. uh, because... That was the character played by yeah. Peter Capaldi, the um, you know the, the, the leader of the household, the senator, or whatever he was. Yes. Um, and that becomes the template that he uses. So it's a timey-wimey thing. Matt knows to become old because he's old and he knows via his companion that that's how he should look.
0: Well, there was a scene in this story where uh, you know the twelfth doctor' looking in the mirror and wondering you know where he got this face you know he recognizes the face, but he does he can 't really place it yet so um i don 't know if we, if there's more to come on this in future episodes, but uh, there was I, I you know I heard something that that Stephen Moffat was saying that they're going to explain they they it's it, they're going to explain it a bit more than what they did in the past. You know, obviously this has happened before though there was no explanation. There was uh, um Colin Baker was in Doctor Who before he became the Doctor. So he, um you know he encountered the 5th Doctor um so maybe that that visual image of that face ingrained into the 5th Doctor's um memory and when the regeneration came it it recreated it, you know, and uh, so maybe the same thing's happening, you know, they're going to explain it a little further, perhaps more. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to return to our review of Deep Breath, the first, um, first story, the first full story of The Twelfth Doctor starring Peter Capaldi but we want to take a, a a break right now to remind you about Audible and also to um maybe introduce you to uh, another side of Peter Capaldi. So uh, as you know, Audible, well if you're a, if you're a long-time listener or if you even if you're a short-time listener to Dr. Who Pachuk, you'll know that Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres including thrillers, business, romance, comedy, Of course, science fiction and a whole lot more. Audible titles will play on on iPhones, Kindles, Androids, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere, just like this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podchalk, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check them out and check out their service. If you decide it's not for you, cancel anytime. You keep your free audiobook. It's yours to keep. To download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrialcom podchalk. Again, that's audibletrial, one word, audibletrial.com/potchock for your free audiobook. And as always, we like to recommend a suggestion, if you will, for your free audiobook. You don't have to take this as your free audiobook. You could choose anything they have to offer. As always, we try to make a selection, perhaps, that might coincide or may have something to do with what we're doing in in this episode of Doctor Who Podshot. And as you know, we're reviewing the first full story of Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi as the Doctor. And... Well, there's no, <laughs> there's no Doctor Who audios with Peter Capaldi as the Doctor as of yet. Emphasize as of yet. So, But there is other works. Uh, Peter Capaldi has uh, did the, um, the narration for an audiobook that, um, that we're going to recommend. Actually, it's two stories in one. It's um, by the same author, um, and it's read by Peter Capaldi. It's The Birds and Don't Look Now and it's by, the author is by, uh, is Daphne DeMura, and these two, well, you may be familiar with these two titles because, these two stories, because they have been made into films. The Birds, probably most famously by Alfred Hitchcock, who, um, who did The Birds, and, um, Don't Look Now by Nicholas Rogue, who, um, you may be familiar with, if as far as science fiction goes, uh, he also directed The Man Who Fell to Earth, starring David Bowie, um, who um, in the past had many times had been speculated as a possible new doctor uh, when regeneration um, came around. Uh, and unfortunately, that never came to be, but he would have made a fantastic doctor, I would have thought. Uh, but, you know, he had other things to do. You know, that's a big commitment uh, as far as acting goes. He does, you know, he, obviously he's he's done acting roles, but usually in, in films, one-shot deals where, um, you know, he's, he's not tied down to a part for several years as you would with a doctor. Um, I'm not saying that he was Warford and or I don't know. I'm just saying that, that his name was always bounced around back in the day. Uh, and, and you know what? And sometimes still is today. So as I said, the, this, these two stories um, are available to you and it's read by Peter Capaldi. And this is a little bit from The Birds uh, with Peter Capaldi reading it.
3: Scarcely see what I was doing when they were overhead and I had the sun in my eyes. I have a notion the weather will change. It will be hard winter. That's why the birds are restless. Nat, tramping home across the fields and down the lane to his cottage, "'saw the birds still flocking over the western hills "'in the last glow of the sun. "'The farmer was right, and it was that night the weather turned. "'Nat's bedroom faced east. "'He woke just after two and heard the wind in the chimney. "'Not the storm and bluster of a southwesterly gale bringing the rain, "'but east wind, cold and dry. "'It sounded hollow in the chimney, "'and a loose slate rattled on the roof.' "'even the air in the small bedroom had turned chill. "'Draft came under the skirting of the door, blowing upon the bed. "'Nat drew the blanket round him, "'leant closer to the back of his sleeping wife, "'and stayed wakeful, watchful, aware of misgiving without cause. "'Then he heard the tapping on the window. "'He listened, and the tapping continued, "'until, irritated by the sound, "'Nat got out of bed and went to the window.' "'He opened it, and as he did so, something brushed his hand, "'jabbing at his knuckles, grazing the skin. "'Then he saw the flutter of the wings, and it was gone, "'over the roof, behind the cottage. "'It was a bird. "'What kind of bird, he could not tell. "'The wind must have driven it to shelter on the sill. "'He shut the window and went back to bed, "'but feeling his knuckles wet, put his mouth to the scratch. "'The bird had drawn blood. "'Frightened, he supposed.' And bewildered, the bird, seeking shelter, had stabbed at him in the darkness. Once more, he settled himself to sleep. Presently, the tapping came again, this time more forceful, more insistent. And now his wife woke at the sound, and turning in the bed, said to him, See the window, Nat, It's rattling." "'I've already seen to it,' he told her. "'There's some bird there trying to get in. Can you hear the wind?' Blowing from the east, driving the birds to shelter. "'Send them away,' she said. "'I can't sleep with that noise.' "'He went to the window for the second time, "'and now, when he opened it, "'there was not one bird upon the sill, "'but half a dozen. "'They flew straight into his face, attacking him. "'He shouted, striking out at them with his arms, scattering them. "'Like the first one, they flew over the roof and disappeared. "'Quickly he let the window fall and latched it. "'Did you hear that?' he said. "'They went for me, tried to peck my eyes.' "'He stood by the window, peering into the darkness, and could see nothing. "'His wife, heavy with sleep, murmured from the bed. "'I'm not making it up,' he said, angry at her suggestion. "'I tell you the birds were on the sill, trying to get into the room!' "'Suddenly a frightened cry came from the room across the passage where the children slept. "'It's Jill,' said his wife, roused at the sound, sitting up in bed. "'Go to her, see what's the matter.' Nat lit the candle, but when he opened the bedroom door to cross the passage, the draft blew out the flame. There came a second cry of terror, this time from both children, and stumbling into their room, he felt the beating of wings about him in the darkness. The window was wide open. Through it came the birds, hitting first the ceiling and the walls, then swerving in mid flight, turning to the children in their beds. It's all right, I'm here, shouted Nat, and the children flung themselves screaming upon him. while in the darkness the birds rose and dived and came for him again what is it now what's happened his wife called from the further bedroom and swiftly he pushed the children through the door to the passage and shut it upon them so that he was alone now in their bedroom with the birds he seized a blanket from the nearest bed and using it as a weapon flung it to right and left about him in the air he felt the thud of bodies, heard the fluttering of wings. But they were not yet defeated, for again and again they returned to the assault, jabbing his hands, his head, the little stabbing beaks, sharp as a pointed fork. The blanket became a weapon of defense. He it about his head and then in greater darkness beat at the birds with his bare hands. He dared not stumble to the door and open it, lest in doing so the birds should follow him. The beating of the wings about him lessened and Then withdrew, and through the density of the blanket, he was aware of light. He waited, listened. There was no sound except the fretful crying of one of the children from the bedroom beyond. The fluttering,
0: the whirring of the wings. Once again, that's Peter Capaldi reading The Birds. Um, this could be a free audiobook selection, it doesn't have to be. You could choose uh whatever that audible has to offer you you know for free for your um free audiobook selection uh once again to download your free audiobook simply go to audibletrialcom podshock. and if you're driving or you just can't get to that URL now or you can't write it down don't worry go to podshock.net. there'll be links and banner ads for the offer as well so on our site but once again that's audibletrial dot com slash Podshock for your free audio book.
4: Would you, are you ready to perhaps go to a clip and see yes. if anybody wants to come on? And yeah, talk? let's
0: let's play um let's play the next clip and uh, you. That, and I want to thank you once again for preparing these clips, Dave. does, does an outstanding job with this. Here we go. Okay.
2: What you can offer me is my life. What you can't do is threaten it. You can negotiate.
4: Okay, 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 yes, 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 I am crying and it's just because I am very frightened of you. And If you know anything
2: about human beings, that means you, you're in a lot of trouble. We will not negotiate. You don't have a choice. i
3: tell you what, I'll answer your questions if you answer mine.
2: We will not answer questions. We'll take
1: turns. I'll go first. Why'd you kill the dinosaur?
2: We will not
5: answer questions. Why'd you kill the dinosaur? WE WILL NOT ANSWER QUESTIONS! Then
1: you might as well kill me because I'm not talking again until you do.
4: Okay. Oh. Broke up the there. Within The optic nerve of the dinosaur is material of use to our computer systems
1: you burned a whole dinosaur for a spare part? No. Now, hang on. You know what's in a dinosaur's optic nerve, which means you've seen them before.
4: Where is the other one?
1: How long have you been rebuilding yourselves? Look at the state of you. Is there any real you left? What's the point? We will reach the Promised Land.
0: Uh, I thought the acting here was, re- you know, the clockwork acting that not only um, you know represented here, um, you know, with this adversary, but also with the other clockwork, you know, people that we've seen. I, I think their movements were done very well. You know, they, they, he really. Um, uh, let's give credit. But, yeah, Peter uh, Fernando. Uh, yeah, Peter uh, Fernando. They called him. What was it? Half face man. Half face man. Not not true face from yes. Batman. Half face. You know, and the effects, you know, the visual effects were outstanding as well. But I, you know, I, I just, you know, as far as his face goes, because you, could, you know, um, no way was that, you know, a a a clunky mask that we've come accustomed to in, in you know decades ago with Doctor Who. This was um, you could see right through the, the the part that's missing, you know, and and the clockwork part of it. I mean, it was done very well, and his movements and gestures were very clockwork like. And I think he did a uh, he, he did a great job without over because you could have gone over the top top with that easily and he didn't. I, I think um, yeah. yeah I think he he did it very well um, without going over the top.
4: Yeah, they've come on a lot since Sharrod Jack, haven't they? And that, but um, yeah, I, I, I thought one poor one poor bit of uh, graphics was when and it was a bit yicky again. This woman skin balloon when they're in the sort of uh, uh, escape pod, as he called it, which looks amazing to me, like a container. Um, um, The the figures didn't seem to be working so well when that was, I mean, they may well have put dummies in at that point, but um, most of it was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Should we um, open it up to um, any callers? We have Kyle in the queue. Thank you for waiting, Kyle. And there we go. Hi, good
4: afternoon, everybody.
2: How are you?
0: Thank you. Good afternoon, Kyle. It good to have you back good? on the show.
2: Yep.
4: Thank, th- thank you for waiting.
2: No problem, no problem. Well, we covered most of what I had written down, but I do have a few things that I uh, had in addition. Uh, did anyone notice that the music was very reminiscent of Tom Baker?
4: Um, In the actual credits, you mean, are sort of a theme?
2: Yes, at the very beginning in the opening credits. I got a real sense of the original uh, Tom Baker first, second, third season that he was on there. The music just just seemed to go back to that.
4: Well, there's certainly a a connection there in terms of... um, I mean it is very similar in a way the way Capaldi uh, approached it to the way that Tom Baker did I mean uh, I mean I mean I know Tom Baker was trying on all sorts of costumes and viking costumes and so on here we had Peter Capaldi rummaging for uh, clothes in the street uh, apparently by the way uh, Lewis the um, and I didn't know this the 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 tramp in the street was played by um, uh oh god, I've forgotten it now. Um uh, Sarah Jane's husband, um real life husband. it in a minute. I'm sure Ken will help me out in a moment. Uh, uh-huh. but let me um let me uh the the tramp
0: in the street. Yeah. Yeah, no I I'm looking for it now. Um
2: I I believe Jim and Kathleen said Brian Miller.
0: Brian Miller oh okay his name is Barney Uh, the character's name I I didn't even know he had a name yeah Elizabeth Sladen's husband oh okay no I I didn't know that either it's good it's interesting right
4: yeah Um, and the other thing of course that you mentioned with the fourth was that his first story of course was Robot and here we in effect have another Robot so um, did you think there was an awful lot of I mean, I don't know how much classic Who uh, you've watched, Cl- Kyle, so we've written oh, uh, a lot of
0: references. Kyle, Kyle's uh, yes, an old yes. pro. I, I
2: did, you know, and I liked seeing uh, you know, I liked seeing the uh, references to him and I also, you know, if you think about it, with Capaldi, he is now the fourth doctor since the retirement oh. so mm-hmm. I just thought that it was a little interesting and a little bit uh, appropriate if that was the way they were going. Uh, another thing I noticed was the uh, coloring, when Matt Smith uh, was there, we had a lot of bright colors at the beginning, uh, and then toward the end, they were, there was a lot of blue shades of blue, white, everything was real bright. I noticed the coloring in this episode, you had a lot more red, yellow, brown, everything was a little bit dark, so I think it was, you know... Uh, just in the sets and just in the look of it, it just seemed to bring it a little bit of that uh, somberness to it that's supposed to be with Capaldi's Doctor.
0: Yeah, I, I thought well, there were some scenes, some outdoor London scenes, which were because when they shoot the video before in, in post production, it goes to a colorist, and that's kind of sets um, the, the, the hues and the tones appropriately. Uh, for the scenes and, and make sure that they're all a match and um and, and like I said sets a tone as well and not not just a visual I, I mean not just the the, the colour tone but just the, the tone of the uh, of the emotions and all that. Yeah. But I I thought some of the outdoor scenes in London, not all of them, but there were a good stretch of them that were just Blue tone too much. It just looked too unnatural for Earth. Mm-hmm. It, like 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 the scene we were just talking about with the tramp Barney. You know that if you watch that scene, it's it's really it's blown out a bit the the the, the lighting and it's a little too cold. Um, and it just it, it, it. There's a few other scenes like that, but um, even some night scenes, you could tell that it was blue tinted too much. And it's I mean it's, it's fine if you're on an alien world, but on on Earth it it just. I don't know, they just tweaked, They just pushed it to number 11 when it didn't need to go so much there. I. It's just a matter of taste. Do you of, think it might been to do
4: with the fact that there
0: was... Do you think there were some scenes
4: for the... I mean, you've commented on the CGI. I mean, obviously, we had the dinosaur and we had the robot, so there was a lot of scenes that had a lot of CGI. Now, maybe they were using, you know, green screen for that. Therefore, they had to sort of, you know leech out the green it's, it's possible, in, the, yeah. in scenes where there wasn't CGI and that, mm-hmm. and that made the whole uh, colour I mean if you've, if you've watched Matrix uh, that has a you know, definite uh, absence of green uh, because that's the one colour they have to uh, yeah. leave off the costuming sure. and so on and so forth by the way I thought Clara looked rather good in her Victorian costume and outfit again I mean she mm-hmm. certainly suits that I mean the first thing I saw in was um, the um, the most recent TV uh, adaptation of Titanic, where they did um, they did it in four episodes, where they featured on you know the crew and then the on the second class passengers and the third class passengers and the first class passengers, uh, and, and obviously that was 1912, I think, uh, when that happened. 1911 was it? Um, so she does look good in that sort of uh, costume. If you've not. Uh, she's also was brilliant in uh, the series Dancing on the Edge uh, with uh, Churitelle Dufour. Hey, I think I almost got it, Ken. Uh, Churitelle Dufour, uh, Dancing on the Edge, which is a fantastic. She's not got a major role in that, mm-hmm. but um, she she was good in that as well.
0: Well, I, I thought um, just getting back to Kyle's. Um, bringing up Tom Baker and the fourth time yeah, here. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I thought there was, a, you know, obviously there was another reference, you know, he makes a reference to, um, in, in that same, I think that same scene with the tramp, you know, the big long scarf, you know, he, he was, he, 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 he refers back to that, which is obviously the, the Tom Baker's trademark. Um, and mm-hmm. I also got a vibe, a, a Towns of Wang Yang vibe when, uh when they uh mcclara and him were in that chair and then they were lowered down into the depths of the of that uh restaurant and they were checking out the clockwork people there and just his, just Peter Capaldi's way of his mannerisms and the way he was sort of inspecting it reminded me a bit of the Fourth Doctor, and it just had that that feel of the Talons of Wang for for me um, a little bit. So uh, well,
4: there, that was. There were girls being captured there, weren't they, and brought down below the theatre, yeah, in ground level, exactly, and
0: kept in little
4: alcoves. So, so that was a, a reference to that. Anyway, Kyle, what, what what was your overall thought of the... the?
2: Uh, my overall thought would be it was a excellent, excellent uh, first episode introduction for a new Doctor. It's it, for anyone who has watched it other than 2005 forward. It felt like old school Doctor Who several, several times. So mm-hmm. I think it was a good bridge to... Um, you know, what comes next after the 50th anniversary. So I, I think overall I would give it a good four out of five.
4: Uh, how do you think it compare? I mean, I, I would say that Matt Smith's introduction, uh, the 11th hour, was probably on balance for me A uh, uh, better because I thought this one was a little bit uneven. I thought there were some great moments, but maybe a little. I mean, could you compare it to Matt Smith's debut, the 11th hour, or not?
2: I would compare it better than Matt Smith's, uh, First episode, simply because when Matt came along, I was not happy to see Tennant go, and uh, (laughs) uh, so coming off of that and not being uh, welcoming of a new doctor. I mean, don't get me wrong, Matt Smith, you know his eleventh doctor, completely completely won me over. So I, I I would say, you know, coming off of really liking Matt Smith in the end, do uh, did I like? I think they did a very much, the the job was done much better at introducing Capaldi than I think Eleventh Hour was so if I had to choose between the two, I would choose um, I I would choose this episode over Eleventh Hour
4: Oh, okay Uh, 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 Sorry, Lewis, didn't Mm -hmm. jump in, but uh, one of the things I didn't particularly like was this sort of left field moment in right at the end, because one of the things that some people have been saying, are hinting to Stephen Moffat. Is you know, don't make the story out yes. too, you know, overbearing and that. Uh, I, I'm not even sure we needed that twist at the end. No, this, we didn't. I, 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 I felt think the same way. Yeah, I, 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 Because again, we've had, uh, we've had a mystery, uh, we've had a mystery girl. We uh, had *Impossible Girl*. We had *Mr. Girl with Amelia*. We had *The Impossible Girl*. We had *The Woman with an Eye Patch*. We it, had *Viva yeah. uh, Song*.
0: It seems like a prerequisite I mean, now that we is have it to have mystery women. You know, we have to have these long stretch story arcs spanning over the whole se- you know, season or series. Uh, you know, every time there's a new series, we have this long story arc. And I just thought, oh, here we go again. Now it's Missy, and it's you know i, I you know it 's one thing i 'm glad they sort of filling that hole about you know how um, how Clara got the, you know, the phone number for the TARDIS. And, you know, she said it was the girl, the woman at the shop that gave it to her. now, so now we're finding out who that woman in the shop was and okay, but now I just feel that this is going to be a whole season arc now with, um, you know, where pieces of, you know, we're going to get bits and pieces in each episode before it flat you know, it, it turns out, you know, um, you know, what's going on with her and what this is all about.
2: And, and one last comment you guys had mentioned earlier, uh, Dave, I believe that you were the one that mentioned this, of, of regurgitating old uh, stories that have been used before. One common denominator between all of the characters that you, we just mentioned here, Amy, the Madame, uh, whatever her name was, River, uh, and Clara, and now Missy, is who is she? And, you know, here we go again. Yeah. Who is she?
0: And, and Mike in chat asked if um, if did they say that it was a woman in the shop I, I thought they did Clara, I thought they did that Clara said it was yeah. a, woman, a woman in the I, shop
2: I don't think they quite did but they highly insinuated that that's who it was
4: oh yeah yeah well that, yeah, they said somebody had been sorting things out in the background mm-hmm. so there's somebody manipulating them yeah
0: yeah no that Missy didn't but say that the but the chemistry uh, but, yeah I'm gonna
4: go ahead. I'm no. sorry, I didn't mean to. The doctor and the uh, No, no. The, the, sorry, there's a slight uh, delay. A bit of a timey wimey thing on the call, I think. Um, uh, I think they t- talked about that. I mean, I love the actual scene in the restaurant with the, with Clara and well the, I, I think there's definite chemistry between those. I wasn't sure there would be, uh, Kyle, but I thought there, w- there definitely was a chemistry. And and assuming that that the, uh, you know, he'll be unfettered now. I mean, one one of the things, I mean, I love that scene with the phone call, and I think it explained why the Doctor looks like he does, because uh, Clara tells the Matt Smith Doctor how he's going to look, but the other thing is he then asks for her help, and then all of a sudden Clara's walking, right at the end, Clara's walking into the TARDIS, and it's been redecorated, and the Doctor, you know opens up his, you know, puts his hand in his trouser pockets and shows his uh, uh, his red flare, you know, his inner lining like the third Doctor, and you think, well, hang on a minute, uh, he seems to have gone away and sorted himself out without her intervention, which sort of undercut that somewhat. But um, I do think there's a definite chemistry. I can see uh, this companion and Capaldi uh, character working working well and um, uh, there's a lot. Do you want to make any final comment before we perhaps, if Lucy's up uh, for mm-hmm. that, go <laughs> to our other caller?
2: No, I um, you know, enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed talking to you guys this afternoon and I, I do want to mention one thing that Jim and Kathleen said. They compared uh, the 11th hour more so with the Christmas invasion than, than Deep Breath and after you know, I, I kind of agree with that because there's several parallels there. So I think Jim and Kathleen hit, you know, hit it right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you, Kyle. It's so always so, yeah, a, no, yeah. that's
2: it. that's, Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. All to right, have
4: let you. me just read what they put in text. Um, the eleventh hour was one of the best episodes Doctor Who ever overall, and my favourite new Doctor Who episode. I think this one best compared to Christmas Invasion, which trumps it decidedly four out of five Charlie Scrolls there okay. and uh, that by the way South California is Ken that's Barman 54 in the room
0: oh okay alright thanks alright thanks thanks again Kyle cheers thank you very much. oops I didn't mean to cut him off there alright well I'm going to play another clip and then we're going to get to um, to Ken in in, in our um, next in queue and I believe this is the next one
5: is that the doctor
0: is
3: that the doctor yes he sounds
2: old please tell me I didn't get old anything but old oh,
1: I was young oh is he grey yes Clara please hey for me Help Go on and don't be afraid.
3: you a question will you help me
1: you shouldn't have been listening
3: I was and I didn't need to that was me talking you can't see me can you 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 look at me and you, you can't see me you have any idea what that's like I'm not on the phone I'm right here standing in front of you.
0: Please, just... just see me. It's a lovely scene, but I, again, I think it's clearly done for the Matt Smith fans, you know, for those that are only familiar with Matt Smith or maybe David Tennant and Matt Smith, and um, I, I think it was clearly just really done for the audience and to get them on board with Peter Capaldi as the new Doctor, Um I mean, again, it's not like I enjoyed it, but I just didn't think it was necessary.
4: But, uh, as I say, explain why he looked like he looked, because he looked like he looked.
0: Yeah, he told it's, like how he looked. it's sort of a, um, a paradox, because, you know, if, if he didn't make that call, he would, you know, it, it's, he's sort of self-fulfilling his own prophecy there. All right, let's um, next up is Ken. Welcome back on the show. Good to have you back.
5: Hi, Lewis. How you doing? Hi. Lewis. Hi. Good. Very good. I, I really enjoyed the episode, and I really love that scene. Um, had me in tears. I I thought it was necessary in the new Who, because we've seen so many different things about regeneration with with David Tennant. Uh, we never had a doctor before, so full of rage and angst about the oncoming re- uh, regeneration this was this was something that a doctor previously would stoically you know handle but he so loved life that, that, that it, was, it was it was just it was terrifying to him it was death to him so to have a different doctor now you know, working out, you know, his regeneration trauma with his companion. I, 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 think that's wonderful. We would have never gotten that in old Who.
0: But do you do you think
5: regeneration? That that's the way it is.
0: Do you think that Clara needs it? I mean, wouldn't I mean Clara of all people have seen all his yeah, previous? Yeah, re- I think
5: I think she needs it. For the new viewer
0: Well that's, that's, that's each, what I'm saying it's, It was really made for new viewers Yeah not- but th-
5: that's, always gonna, that's always The route now Every regeneration Is a new doctor Is a new series in a way mm-hmm. Is a new yes. Persona And Even though Clara Is aware of regeneration It's totally Different matter from it affecting her and, and coming into her life. You know, no, no matter, even though everything she's been through, being so self-sacrificing, but to actually be there, to see him get old, get young again, and then die, she's through this trauma, and then she's have to give her trust to this new man who's taking his name, it's not so easy. And, and it's also, you know, how is, she gonna, how is she going to relate? How is he going to relate to her? If anything, I, I applaud him for going the, the extra step, Moffat, for characterization. I mean, it, it might be a bit, a bit of padding, but some fans were very distraught over the short shrift that Amy and Rory got in their relationship, that all of a sudden they're breaking up and you have to read between the lines. Well, that's still more than than a lot of characters, you know, had in the old days. They had basically mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. You, you know, you, you left home. You never mentioned him again when you're a companion.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, if anything, the show might have been with Amy too much about the companion and not as much about the doctor it was all um, story arcs about who's related to Amy, who, who's A- Amy going to uh, be married to, who is Amy really in love with. You know, you could retitle the show Amy's story. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, really, I, I really love the character for the most part. But I think, at least for the beginning here, for the regeneration story, where the doctor is always usually going through a crisis. Instead of the last time, it was a young girl who witnessed it. And it was, for the most part, humorous. And then it was like the big mystery, you know, which was never totally solved, maybe 75% of it, but into giant story arcs. I, I think that was a nice. First, her being um, emotionally uh, um, accosted by Madame Vastra for her own good, per se, and her giving back to her. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. And then in finality, this, the phone call, and I'm glad I didn't know anything about it, Because that was such a surprise, and I thought so sweetly done. Mm -hmm. And really a a bold stroke to actually have another scene with a regenerated doctor immediately. That's really emotionally striking, you know, for them to do that in the show. But, yes, it's for the new fans. And I think it's for the Matt Smith fans who Mm -hmm. are still uh, hurting about it yeah yeah you know, you know i mean i was i was i as much as I enjoyed Matt Smith and I think eleventh hours sold him for me, I still miss David Tennant <laughs> I will always miss david Tennant i will always i i guess I will always miss Tom Baker and David Tennant forever. that's just you know that's me
1: mm-hmm. you
5: know, and if I had been watching the show as a kid. I think I'd still be missing um, uh, Pat Trouton because I love him so much. But um, you know that that's just a matter of the favoritism. Um, was the story too long and batted? Um I have to watch it again. I didn't feel it, so I luckily fast-forwarded through commercials. You know, watching it on BBC America, those were so annoying. Um, I enjoy Vastra and strax and jenny so much um i i just thought it was good and instead of you know i i didn't feel annoyance at Moffat using his own tropes again because at least it there it, it had there was a uniformity to it it was linking mm-hmm. to another storyline sure you know i i mentioned in a comment a lot of people got very tired and i loved it um for a atheist, RTV used religious prophecies and and prophecy over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm my name is Rose Tyler and this is the night I die. Well not really. Um you'll your best companion and friend will die tonight, um you know. Yeah. The crazy Dalek says. But that never happens. So it's always, and then someone will knock four times. There's a, there's a sense of a fatalism and prophecy used over and over in RTD, and Stephen Moffat is fond of the creatures of the dark, the hidden foe, the shadow, the shadow menace, the inanimate object, the, the um, strange godlike angel creature. You know, hidden in the shadows that will take your, your time away from you and, and, and steal your life. So he, he has this, this continuation. He likes using it. You can either accept it or not. Um, um, Missy at the end, I liked it because it was so off the wall. It reminded me of it like a scene from the Avengers. You know, I said, uh, uh, uncultum. Um, it was it was so strange to me and surreal. Now, how will I feel that way in five episodes from now? I don't know. I, I don't mind overlinking themes, but if we get so convoluted, again, it's going to take us away, you know, from the enjoyment of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed last season very much because despite. The who is Clara, you know, thread line that was going through. It wasn't driven home so much. It, there wasn't so uh, much of a a story arc that that previously, you know, it, it would demand it. It'd be nice to just have stories. You know, I, I loved Cold War, and and I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the episode now. The moment a rig.
0: Oh, um, Crimson Horror.
5: Crimson Horror, yeah. as they would say. <laughs> I'm right off um, my mask. I thought those were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought those were great. You didn't have to watch all the other episodes. And um, Hyde was also an, another wonderful one. You know, episodes that could stand alone. Um, like they did in the old days, mm-hmm. that you d- didn't have to know so much history. And again, even though I enjoyed the scene with Missy, are they going is he going to give us something that's so convoluted right now that we're going to go, oh no, here we go again? And I sense that fear in some viewers and, and I understand, you know Dave, Dave's trepidation about it. Because it's like we thought we were done with that type of thing yeah. for a while, and it's like, oh, here we go again.
0: Well, that's that's what was my feeling yeah. as well. It was just like, oh, you know, I just thought we were yeah. we'll have a standalone story, and here we go. I mean, like I said, I think it was good, you know, patching up those holes, you know, using this to kind of you know patch up some holes from from last series. But um, I just you know I just hope it doesn't get too overwhelming. But you know what, you
5: know what's strange? I I never felt that way. Like we were getting massive story arcs with RTD. Maybe it's the subtlety. Maybe it's that by the end, it just comes together. But I thought the whole Saxon storyline was just masterful. Mm-hmm. I thought that by the time we found out who that person really was, that was a dream. I, I thought that was so great. But it, but it it was it was more ingenious. It, it, it was more, it, it wasn't so much in your face like, well, now you're going to have a story arc that you're going to have, have to go with. Same, same with, you know, um, Davros and the Daleks there, Journey's End, by the time we got to that. And, and, and again with Bad Wolf. That was like a tease to just bring us into it. I think it's a, a different variation of subtleties. Yeah, you know, it'd I, just I'd be nice to have it.
0: one series without it, though. Maybe you know, just it just it just yeah. becomes a little yeah. predictable.
5: That, yeah, that a girl is not impossible, and just a companion. Yeah, or a person, yeah, but, a person is just a human being,
4: right? that's it. but the other thing is, it wasn't just a series art some of those things crossed over more than one series. Oh,
5: yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and, and, like I said, they they have never been, you know, totally, totally answered. Or we we got the answer, you know, and you didn't like the episode, Dave. You get the answer at the last minute in one episode.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But I think what what, what may have happened with this one is, again, that... um, they realised they were going to make a, a virtually a feature-length one. Maybe this character wasn't going to come into this first story, but uh, you know they had to to add another ten minutes on somewhere. So yeah. that complexity was brought into this episode, and I, I think I think that could have, for me for me it could have been left out. Um, yeah. um, even if this even if they said, well, we don't know. Something was working behind the scenes. Some Moriarty character was working behind the scenes, but not necessarily gone any further than that. We didn't need it in this it.
5: episode. Yeah.
4: yeah, I don't think we did, no.
5: Could you do it for the next one, if you will? This one could have just ended with mm-hmm. the Doctor. Because that should be our importance. Yeah. That should be the key thing, the Doctor. Um Again, I I have to reiterate, General General Louise Coleman is amazing. Mm -hmm. She is amazing. She tears the heart out of the scene. And her chemistry, whether it's Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi, is wonderful. She is just amazing to watch. You know, she listens. You know, she she has that thing that Spencer Tracy always had. You could watch a movie with Spencer Tracy, and he's not talking, and he's just listening to the other person. And she has such good chemistry. You know, with this. Um, she, she brightens up that show. She really does. But, um, I, I give the episode four out of five. Uh, charges groans. Looking forward to the season. Mm-hmm. I think Capaldi's going to do some amazing things as it goes on. I think he has a, a, a neat darkness to him. A, a, a couple of shots there, he could have been in a Hammer Dracula film, the way he looks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to be a blast.
0: Okay, thank you so it's much, Ken. Really I really appreciate coming thank, on thank and you guys for offering, on the show? offering insights, yeah. as always. Did you give a raise? Right? Did you give a raise? Right? Yeah, he gave he four gave Four, out, four out, out, five. out of five. Alright, thanks again, uh, Ken uh, no, I'll, sure. tell you, I'll tell you I'll, I'll one thing
5: I was totally surprised I didn't expect to tear up twice In an episode so soon I, I got choked up about the dinosaur Him reading his thoughts That was really sad Poor thing all going crackle crackle And as to the, as to the size thing Oh, it's because it's in the theaters Doing it big and good
0: that, That's what I figured, yeah
5: yeah, yeah, but but what a nice dinosaur! Oh, and yeah. a nice homage to the the dinosaur days.
0: Uh, yes, um, I thought so too.
5: But that that phone call, I thought that was what a nice surprise, and totally, you know, I'm an old softie. I love that, and Adventure of Space and Time when they when they did the um, Hartnell, um, Matt Smith. Look to over the over the over the years I thought that was uh beautiful too, so I thought this was a nice surprise and um you know i'm I'm glad I didn't find it on the internet beforehand
0: yeah but, same here you know, I mean I had really good I stuff. heard rumors you know that Matt Smith was um but I, I I just kind of dismissed it you hear these things all the time you know that Matt Smith was kind of coming back. You know, in this episode or something like that, but I kind of dismissed it. Yeah, it wasn't in my mind when I was watching Season.
5: it. Oh, I, oh, this is this is a joke now. We 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 know who Missy really is. It's the Ronnie.
0: <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> You know, when they first the Ronnie, when pictures of her first were released that's what again fan speculation immediately jumped there you No, know, before we had a, a, a name or anything like that alright thanks again Ken we everybody's the Ronnie yes eventually you never know should make it return yeah. alright Okay, I think we're gonna round things out here. Um, I'm gonna play another clip and then we'll give our final thoughts. Um, and then we'll give a little tease for next time. No!
1: I'm Missy. You made it. I hope my boyfriend wasn't too mean to you.
2: Boy friend?
1: Now, did he push you out of that thing or did you fall? Couldn't really tell. He can be very mean sometimes. Except to me, of course, because he loves me so much.
3: I do like his new accent, though. Think I might keep it.
1: Where am I? But
3: well, where do you think you are? Look around you. You've made it. The promised land.
1: Paradise. Welcome to heaven.
0: Well, whoever she is, she's overseeing everything. It seems um, she knows all the insights of, of um, the Doctor and, and his uh, adventures.
4: Yes. Yeah, so, so what would you say? I, I, um, what do you think of his voice? I like that. I think I'll keep it. Yeah. I mean. So she has some.
0: Is she collected butterflies, or whatever. I don't know. Or uh, well, she has some control over his accent. I don't. I don't know. I guess we'll have to but find I didn't out. I
4: want to know why do I want to know? Because I didn't want that that dimension bringing into this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I mean, overall, um, I, I I thought it was, I thought it was good i mean i just didn 't my biggest problem probably with this is that the adversary the threat for me really wasn 't there it wasn't it wasn 't compelling enough and if you forgive the pun, if you forgive the pun, it just wasn 't fleshed out enough i, I thought the clockwork half face was he was excellent um, like I said the acting and the effects were were good, but it just i just wasn 't on the edge of my seat with the threat of them and it just it's like i said they they weren't really fleshed out it reminded me a bit of uh snowmen when uh you know the 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 um, the, the the great um what's this the the, the adversary the, the great intelligence didn't really was i didn't really feel that was a menacing threat um i thought everything else in the story was 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 great it's just that part of it that element just didn't really Capture me, but um, but like I said, I, I thought the other elements of the story were good, and I did enjoy some of the um, some of the throwbacks to Doctor Who of old, and um, I, at least I, I saw some echoes from the past reemerging. Um, but I, I thought I, overall it was um, it was a good story. I'm just trying to think of any anything else that I wanted to mention that we didn't already talk about. Um, surprisingly, um, just through our natural conversation, I think we kind of hit upon a lot of the things I wanted to, um, to make a point of, but I, I, without getting into areas where I'm just going to repeat myself over, over again, um, I'm going to give my TARDIS rating, uh, I'm going to give it three and a half, possibly four, again, but three, I think I'll stay at three and a half only because I just, for me, it just lacked some of that excitement or, or 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 threat from the from the adversary. It just I wasn't that part of the story didn't really capture me as much as I had hoped it would. Um, it seemed like we we started to figure out who they were, what was going on, but even at even when they were um even at that point I didn't really feel them to be like a threat like the Ortons were or, you know, c- comparing, you know, I'm just thinking of other First Doctor stories. Um, you know, it just didn't really capture me in that respect. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, and, and again, I, I really thought it was done very well, um, but I, I, again, I, I... By no means am I... Um, you know, knocking this, uh, knocking it. I just, I just found the overall story a little disappointing in that respect, but the other aspects of it were top notch. And I'm looking forward to more of uh, of, of Peter Capaldi. I, I really want to see where things go. And I think the chemistry between him and um, and Jenna Coleman, I think, are working very well. And I'm I'm looking forward to see where things go. I think they they make a good pair, and um, I'm anxiously awaiting to see what happens next. Dave,
4: um, uh, I'm not sure I can go that high. I mean, there was. I think it was a little bit patched for me. I think it suffered from being slightly overextended. I thought Jenna Coleman was fantastic as Clara. Um, I, I, I I can't make my mind up about the Patilovsky gang. i I'm I'm. I'm I think with some people I'd, I'd rather have them in their own series and 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 bring them in children's television rather than what I consider this to be is family viewing. Um, I thought it, there was a little bit too much gross factor for uh, an introductory story uh, when you think about it, um, and I'm still. Well, I'm not entirely. I mean, I still have enjoyed Stephen Moffat's time. I don't, but I don't like it when he veers towards fairy tale, mm-hmm. And to me, that last bit veered towards fairy yeah, tale, uh, which just reduces it. But I do feel as though he's a, a, an imaginative writer. I like the timey-wimey bits. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not fed up with him. I'm not waiting for him to go or anything, as I know some people are. Um, but I, I, I did think that he may have stepped back from having, you know, the story arc hit, hit us on episode one. Um, and maybe go a little bit more for you know characterization, and maybe take some strength from Russell T. Davis on that front. So um, I think I'll give it a solid three uh, out of five. Okay. okay, very good.
0: Yeah, I you know they, they said that you know Doctor Who is now going to be darker, and maybe that's what you you know the the you know what you were saying as as far as the gore and the darkness. Maybe that that's that's what they were. You know, alluding to, I, I don't really think that Doctor Who needs to be dark, but I, I do think it needs to stay. You know, be you know, just have good stories, good characters. Uh, I don't. I, I, I'm with you, Dave. I, I I'm, I'm not really into the whole fairy tale nonsense of this. I mean, it just gets a little too much, you know. And I, I I'd rather just have good stories, good characters, and and go from there. And I, I could do with without the fairy tale stuff. All right, and you know, and as I, I, I as I always complain that in too much magic sometimes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna give um, a little tease tr- for next time. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. Um, okay. All right.
4: No, uh, I was just looking to see if there's any
0: ratings in text. Oh, okay. See. Well, I'll play this while you do that.
3: Where the hell have you been? It's not my fault. I got distracted. By what? You can always find something. Come on. Where are we going? Into darkness. Welcome to the most dangerous place in the universe.
1: They're coming! They're coming! Aristotle! <laughs> the enemy are right on top of mind. I'm sorry. And storming, and storming.
0: And that's for the next story, the next episode in the series is uh, in the uh, episode titled To My Understanding is called Into Dal Into the Dalek. And that's uh next week, uh you know, ne- this coming Saturday. And we'll be back next week here on Talk to You doing another live, you know, episode of Doctor Who reviewing it. So uh please sure be please be sure to join us for that. And if you can't make it, um please uh Send in your feedback. Once again, the pachak public call box number is 206-337-4699. You can call that 24 hours a day or even 26 hours a day. <laughs> Depends how long your days are. And call that, and it will. Um, it works, like, works like voicemail. So you just leave a message there. Just try to keep it short within the, you know as, as uh, three minutes or under. Or you can send your feedback to feedback at net. Many smartphones have voicemail cap- um voice memo capability and you can just record a, a voicemail and send it uh to feedback at podshock for um for inclusion um uh, you know in a in a future episode of dr podshock dave i want to thank you for participating and joining this week i know it's it's a long a long process for you coming off um sure. collective uh- all right enjoy it please. enjoy yes. it yes you can join uh, Dave and Ian on Cultum Collective before our live show at 2pm Eastern Time on Talk Shoe and um, as well you know they're, they're reviewing Doctor Who at this you know at this moment too They though the Cultum Collective encompasses other stuff outside of Doctor Who but during the new series they're, they're covering Doctor Who as well yep okay well, I well guess thanks
4: to our callers for well, yes, coming in. Everyone who Kyle and Ken, especially.
0: Yes, um, everyone that that joined us live on the show, and uh, you know, next week we we'll may have more of you, more people, as people as, as word gets out that we're back doing the live show. I know the, the first live show is a little, um, sometimes a little slow uh, as far as um, people coming on because they just aren't, you know, used to us doing a live show. Okay, until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Oh. You have been listening to Dr. Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan run Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Dr. Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChalk Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrop.com for more information on this and other podcasts. <laughs>
1: It's just laid an egg. It dropped a blue box marked police out of its mouth. Your grasp of biology troubles me.